0: recording in progress thank you all so much for joining me before i begin i need to pray father god we just come boldly before your throne of grace we thank you so much for being full-time in our life we ask that you allow us to receive your word today please god let it resonate in our heart let us apply what we need to apply from your word god allow it to transform us do not let us be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of our minds God, you are our rock, our fortress. God, we just need you in our life. So we ask that you just please remove every barrier, obstacle, every single problem out of our life, God. We lay at your throne of grace. We ask for you to handle it for us on our behalf. We thank you, God, that you are our rear guard, that you go with us and you go ahead of us in every single thing that we go through in life. So, God, we trust you. Thank you for maintaining integrity. We ask that you please fill us up with your Holy Spirit, God. Allow us to be open and respectful to the Holy Spirit. Allow us to be, um, just allow us to be personable with you, God, and, and the Holy Spirit. Allow us to be able to be obedient and pleasing to you. But most importantly, Lord, we ask that you please allow your will to be done in our life. Not our will or anyone else's will, but your will. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is still in on atonement blood. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining me today on Laws, Life & Health. Let's talk about it. So today, um, hopefully I can finish on most of the Women's Health blog today. Um, If you all have any questions, a few housekeeping rules, if you are joining me via a Zoom webinar, please go ahead and put your um, questions in the um, Q&A and I will be sure to respond to them there. Also, if you have any questions via the audio, any of the audio apps such as Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Apple, or um, the Podbean apps, please go ahead and put your questions there as well. If you're interested in um, suggesting a topic, please send that email directly to me at uh, Deanna Watson at suddenchangescorporation.org. Um, if you were interested in getting some prayer, please send your prayer request to Lost Life Health at suddenchangescorporation.org. In addition, if you wanted to complete some community service, possibly do some volunteer work, or if you needed to um, become an author, or maybe completing an internship for college credit, please go ahead and send me an email at info at suddenchangescorporation.org. All right, so, um, so yesterday, I had talked about um basically being a wife and um, polygamy in addition to i wanted to speak about other types of relationships so um today hopefully i'll be able to get through the rest of the scriptures regarding eve and also touch some um go into more in-depth analysis of sarai which is her name was later changed to sarah abraham's wife so let me go ahead and share my screen so we can get right into the word today. Okay. Okay, so yesterday I left off on um, Genesis chapter four. Let me go back to the NIV version um, because that was the version that I was using there. So I believe that I left off on what verse is this? Um, no, I did I go there. No, I I left off on Genesis chapter three, I believe it was Genesis three, and so um talked about. Okay. Oh, okay. So that's where I left off. So basically. I talked about um, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 12. It says, the man said, uh, well, no. So, I left off on really actually verse 11. So, Genesis 3 verse 11. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And so, we see that God is asking Adam two questions. First, um, who told you that you were naked? The next question is, have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? So the man said the woman you put here she gave me some fruit from the tree and ate it so we see that um adam is not being accountable for his action he isn't taking ownership or accountability um he's basically evading the question that god is asking him but he did answer the second question but he did not answer who told him that he was naked so now we see that at this moment that um that adam is you know like avoiding god um this is avoidance personality part of avoidance right so we see a lot of people in society like when you're going through things or some people are going through certain situations they try to have avoidance they'll have avoidance personalities for instance i i can honestly say that sometimes with certain situations i will avoid i do okay because this is so um it's an easy way to sort of avoid a situation. So you just want to have avoidance. So I would have avoidance. I wouldn't answer my phone. I don't answer my email. Um, Or I won't call that person. I won't speak to them. And so I've, I've been known to do this quite a few times. I've had a couple of my friends contact me by email, like, Hey, what's going on? I haven't talked to you. Um, so when it comes to certain communication efforts some people we we have it in us because of the fall of adam and eve to avoid certain things um and this is a part of a character personality your personality may incorporate you avoiding situations But God doesn't want us to avoid things. When God asks us a question, we need to answer it. So we need to let our yes be yes and our no be no. Let let me go ahead and pull that scripture up. Okay, so if you all can go to Matthew chapter 5 verse 37. It says all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. So, when you're looking at this word, yes or no, um, for instance, let's look at the, in the New Living Translation, it says, Just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. The King James Bible says, But let your communication be yeah, yeah, nay, nay. For whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Um, we look at the Amplified Bible, it says, But let your statement be yes, yes, yes. Or no, no, a firm yes or no. Anything more than that comes from the evil one. So let's look at this and um let's look at the strong concordance. So what I would like to look at, um, first of all. Before I go into the strong coordinates, I just want to basically describe it and what it's used for. So I know I say this pretty much each time I use the Strongston Coordinates. Um, a couple of nights ago, I did go ahead and describe what the Strongston Coordinates is used for on this podcast. Um, but just for the sake of time, I'll just go ahead and briefly describe what it what is used for. So, the Bible is comprised of two different testaments. You have the Old Testament and you have the New Testament. The New Testament is from the books of uh, Genesis through the books of Malachi. It is written in the Hebrew scrolls. Um, The New Testament, however, is written in the Greek. Uh, It is from the books of Matthew on to the books of Revelation. So, um, we see that in the Old Testament... me in the old testament it has the first five books of the bible is genesis leviticus i'm sorry genesis exodus leviticus numbers deuteronomy and so that is considered the torah which is the law that is what god requires everyone prior to the coming of jesus christ so in the new testament which is the books of matthew mark luke and john we see um, uh, variations of events that is still similar. They're all still the same, but um, they were just written differently. Um, the Those first four um, books in the New Testament is considered the gospel. So Jesus, um, it talks about the life of Jesus and what he did while he was on earth, how he healed the sick and raised the dead. Um, so we also see that um, Jesus was 100% God and he was 100% man. And so what God did was manifest himself into the flesh. And then as he was here on earth, he became lowly like a human being, meaning that he was subjected to some of the same things that we were subjected to, but he did not use any of his godly power to defend himself in any type of way. And so what the Lord was telling me was, you know, we have to get really into the habit of allowing God to defend us in situations. Because the more and more we defend ourselves, the less that God can work on our behalf. We don't need to defend ourselves. Um, because when when he was here on earth, when, when he was here on earth, he did not def- defend himself. So we have to give God the authority to work on our behalf. God goes ahead of us he goes with us and he's also our rear guard um so there is certain um there's a bunch of scriptures that affirms this so let let's go ahead and um pull this up god goes before us god goes before us um and um god is also our rear guard um so let's go to um the first scripture that we're going to go to let's look here is We can go to Deuteronomy 31 and 8. It says, the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Right? Um, Another one, it says in Isaiah 45 and 2. I will go before you and make the rough places smooth. I will shatter the doors of bronze and cut through their iron bars. Another one is Exodus 13 and 21. The Lord will go before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light that they might travel by day and night. So we see there's a consistency that God has. God goes before us in whatever the day holds. Okay. Um. When You go to Isaiah 52 and 12. It says but you will not leave in haste or go in flights for the Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rear guard. So that's the NIV version. The New Living Translation says, you will not leave in a hurry, running for your lives, for the Lord will go ahead of you. Yes, the God of Israel will protect you from behind. So we look at the King James Bible, it says, For ye shall not go with haste, nor go by flights. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. So you see, God goes ahead of us. God goes before us in whatever journey that we're taking in life. And then he's also behind us. So God has our back. He has our front. He's like with us on our journey. So how awesome is that, right? So what it means is that God is going to always be there. Okay? He's not going to abandon us for no reason at all. Um so today I was kind of feeling a little I was just kind of feeling a bit overwhelmed. Okay? Because I had a meeting at my school again, and I know that this isn't this is not about me, okay? Um and what I mean by that is this really like a testimony to, to say for the most part? So I was feeling a little overwhelmed. I have a meeting at school, I'm getting registered for my classes. And so now I'm only like, um. it, it, it just kind of like feels like an overwhelming, stressful type of situation, okay? And so I've been through a lot of different um, problems. I've had a lot of different things, Take place in my life where God has really allowed me to become a. I'm an overcomer, so I don't walk as a victim. I walk in victory because every situation that I've overcome has been for the glory of God. So I I have never um like didn't really know how to um deal with anything going on at school. I haven't had these type of problems before, and so. I actually have registered to go to counseling so that I can talk about my academics with the counselor because this has really, really taken a toll on me academically. Um, So when it comes to my schoolwork, it is not the actual work. I'm an honor student. I will be graduating with high honors. I um, do all of my work ahead of time. I never make any excuses. I don't miss class um so when it comes to me being like uh, the model student i am a model student when it comes to my academic work um but there are some certain competencies that the school would like for me to be a part of um but you know in addition to all of these things the competencies are really being able to collaborate uh efforts with people that um I have been having some inconsistencies with and so it's kind of bothersome and so I've chosen to go to counseling for it um I have a lot of other things that I've overcome in my life um but I I've never had to actually deal with some of the things that I'm going through academically Um, I'm a very very good student so um, I take my education very serious like I take a lot of things in life very serious specifically when I'm engaging um, utilizing my time and making sure that I exhaust everything um, within my academics to make sure that my work is of quality and judicious balanced and partial and all of that so it's just kind of it's been a difficult process for me so I wanted to say that i am going to be going to counseling i just decided that i needed to do some counseling and um god is my counselor but i i just want to put it out there that it's okay to seek alternative help you know um some people can have a lens they can look at at certain things from the perspective that you can't see it on and they can give you advice or maybe um provide some insight you know um that you're not able to fully see or analyze so i'm just trying to look for that other um that other spectrum that'll allow me to you know see um and, and get some insight on a, from a different perspective than just mine so the end. so god God is really working with me, but today God said to me specifically, he said that I go before you, I go with you, I am your rear guard. There is nothing that you have to worry about. I will allow you to shine before your enemies. So you do not need to stress or fret about anything. And so that just reassured me It's like, okay, like when you're going through experiences and and yours may not be academically, but it may be other areas. It could be maybe a job that you're struggling at and you're having some problems with your superior. You know, sometimes when you have a lot of supervisors that can really, you know, determine the outcome or, or your result of you keeping your job or not that could be a stressful situation. You know, some people are, they can abuse their power and it could make you feel like, okay, so I still have to like go through all of this and I'm, you know, trying to do my best, you know? So like I said, yours may not be academically. Minds is academically. So I want you to apply some of that same principle and understand that God goes before you, regardless of whatever situation you are in. If you are behind on your bills, God still goes before you. God is maneuvering you exactly to be positioned where you need to be. So, understand that everything's hap- everything happens for the good of the purpose of them who love God and those that are called according to his will. So, God goes before you. He goes with you. He goes behind you because he is your rear guard. You cannot be defeated at all. So, let me give you another encouraging scripture. Um So oh, oh, I didn't mean to click on that one. I want to go to Isaiah 54 and 17. Isaiah 54 and 17. It kind of correlates with the with the story of Eve, too. Um, so we look at Isaiah 54 and 17, it says no weapon forged against you will prevail and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. Um, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication for me, declares the Lord. So basically what God is saying that every tongue that Every tongue spoken against you, every tongue that condemns you is already condemned. Okay. So the new living translation says, but in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord have spoken. And um, so the King James Bible says no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is in me said the Lord. The Amplified Bible says, "No weapon that is formed against you will succeed, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment will be condemned." This peace, righteousness, security, and triumph over opposition is the. Oh. Uh, okay, hold on a
1: second.
0: heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication for me, says the Lord. And so what God is saying to us is that, you know, every time that rises against you, every time that accuses you, every tongue that is saying something that, um, is not true, you know, like anything, right. Um, God knows your heart. God knows your goal objectives. Right. And so I, I just can't, can't help but to keep thinking like, yes, I, you know, um, we have to take accountability right and so in order to take ownership and accountability i have to at least say okay even though i'm not wrong in this part or that part i still have to be partially um accountable for my reaction to things and so like um usually in situations like this i would avoid it See, like okay you know i don't really want Constantly have to be, you know, going going through unnecessary things at this school. Um, but I'm willing to work through what I need to in order to get to where we need to be. Um, so That's what's the important thing. So I want to let you all know that there is hope at the end of the day. God goes ahead of you. He goes with you. He is your rear guard. He also doesn't... He's not going to allow any tongue that condemns you. Any tongue that accuses you will be condemned. Every satanic tongue spoken against you will be condemned. So it doesn't really matter about what it said, okay? You have to know that you are who God says you are. So when we see here... Um, when we see that the serpent is sitting here talking to uh, Eve in Genesis 3 and, and verse 1, you did God really say that you must not eat from any tree in the garden? It's like, look, quit having those conversations with people.
1: and also um uh
0: i'm trying to think they they, the bible talks about the gnashing of the teeth um so so well i didn't know i was gonna get into this conversation today but i want to make a statement just by saying this we all have sinned, we all have fallen short of the glory of god and so there is no level on your sin like your sin is in like the first degree sin and then your sin is the second degree sin right and so you're gonna you're gonna be at the on the second level of hell and then the next person is gonna be on the third level of hell right so hell is hell for all people yes there is different parts of hell so like let's maybe i i do need to go into that i didn't know that i I know that the holy spirit leads me in these conversations and um so let's let's talk about that for a moment so let me pull up some scriptures here i want to talk about the uh, gnashing of the teeth um and, and when we look at this here there are multiple scriptures that talks about the gnashing of the teeth okay um see okay so I'm gonna I'm gonna pull I'm just gonna look through some scriptures here okay so the first scripture we're gonna look at is Luke 13 and 28. let's look at Luke 13 and 28 okay actually I like to look at Luke the entire chapter of Luke 13 okay so we see repent or perish um let's let's go down to uh verse 22 and then we'll go down to verse 30 so we're going to look at luke 13 verse um because I we have to look at the scriptures before it and after even though we're looking at luke 13 28 we still need to see what's taking place we need to see the scope and understand the story here okay not we're not supposed to just look at a verse and take that one verse and then that's it Okay, that's not how you're supposed to read the scripture. We're supposed to read the scriptures from what the entire little um, section is talking about so that we can understand what the Bible, what God is saying in his word here, okay? All right, so it says, Luke 13, 22, Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading. Sir, open the door for us. Then you will say, we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all of you evil doors." There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. People will come from east and west, north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and first who will be last. And so what this means is that you know there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth there are some other verses too that talks about this so we see that you know like the kingdom of heaven everyone isn't going to be able to knock on the you know like it's using this parable of uh the owner having the house in in there um the, they're knocking at the door saying open the door for us and it's like no i i don't know you or where you come from so god is like okay I'm I'm showing you everything it is that you need to do. I'm showing you everything that it takes for you to be victorious. And yet you're not doing that. And so God wants us to always choose him. And so what I'm learning here is that the more and more options that I'm available to, the more and more things that I um, get subjected to, the more and more I just really, really want to please God. And so the the desires of this world isn't something that's in you anymore. The things that the world is offering isn't there as an option. And so what that means is like, okay, well, some people will say, well, how do you have fun? Well, you have fun by making conversations. You have conversations with God. You can read. It's so important to be able to read and study stuff and find out what's happening around the world. You should be updated with your current laws. You should know who your local aldermen are, your local senators, who your president, who your vice president is and what they're planning and what they're doing, the bills that are being passed. There are hundreds of bills that gets passed every single month, every month. And these bills and laws are really impacting the lives of many communities and so when we when we look here we see that they're going there will be gnashing of the teeth we want God to be able to say you know um well done my good and faithful servant we want God to say that to us so it's important for us while we're making choices and while we're making decisions to think about those things like okay well wait I want God to say that I did the right thing. I want God to be able to tell me because see, God knows God knows what's in your heart. He knows what's in my heart. He knows what's in my heart. And so it's like the enemy, your enemy, Satan, will try to um conquer you. And so it's like right when you're going through situations right when you're enduring adversity right when you're enduring all of these things you have to understand that your breakthrough you're right on the verge of your breakthrough and so that's all god keeps telling me i am on the verge of my breakthrough okay the breakthrough is right there so guess what that's what i'm waiting on i'm waiting on god So sometimes you think it's okay. Like, like for instance, I really, really do, you know, like stand in a house, but now I've been living in houses for so long. Um, and I, I think that there is a lot of value in renting. Why? Because you can get up and you can go. I'm not committed or dedicated to one location. I could just get up and move and move into a condo or move into an apartment. I could just, you know, so there's luxury in renting versus owning. And a lot of times if we're looking at things from a pessimistic type of approach, you're not going to see the blessing in what your available options are. So it's, it's good to pay attention to what is it that it, you have available to you? What are some of the good things that God is showing you? So the problem here, if we go back to Genesis, that Eve, she wasn't seeing those things. She wanted to focus on not what God had given her. She wanted to focus on other things that was pleasing to her eye and desirable to her. So we shouldn't do that because we're not only just influencing, you know, our relationship with God and and how God can interact and lead us, but it also will influence the people around us and how they respond to us. And so God is just showing me that like, you know, I need to be able to stay focused and stay the course. And I don't want to mess up. Like, even though, you know, like it's, inevitable that we are going to mess up and then that's when we have to call upon the name of the lord so he can help us you know but let's look at some more scriptures about gnashing of the teeth we have um so let's look at matthew 24 and 51 matthew 24 and 51 Matthew 24 and 51 Okay So this should be in English and then i'm gonna go to the i'm gonna go to the niv version on this one, too And i of course i have to look at the entire chapter so let's see here um so we're gonna look at starting at verse 36 the day and hour unknown. Verse 36 and 251. It says, But about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the father. So God, the father, is the only one who um, knows when his return will come. Um. So as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the son of man for in in the days before the flood people were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage up to the day noah entered the ark and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away that is how it would be at the coming of the son of man two men will be in a field one will be taken and the other left two women will be grinding with a hand mill one will, one will be taken and the other left whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time. So it will be good for that servant who master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to servants and to eat and drink with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he is not aware of. So he will cut him to pieces and assign him a a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth so we see that the hypocrites will have their own assigned place in hell this is something that is very serious here so we see this in verse 51 he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth so we know that hell is going to incorporate people having gnashing of teeth but the important part to consider here is what god is saying he's saying that look the owner the owner of the house if he had known that a thief was coming he would have not let the thief break into his house so you what it's saying is if you know That the devil is actually doing all of these things to you and that it's a spiritual war you would not be allowing yourself to lose in this spiritual battle see this is a spiritual war so let let's look at this verse again all right because this is important to understand what the bible what the scriptures is saying here so in matthew 24 verse 42 keep watch because you do not know on what day your lord will come but understand this if the owner of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming he would have kept watch and would have not let his house be broken into. If you knew that you were losing a spiritual battle, you would call upon the name of the Lord. If you knew how to win a spiritual battle, you would be calling upon the name of the Lord. So the world is because you can. See, like that scripture there i want to go back to this scripture because this scripture means quite a bit here okay um okay so i want to go back to this scripture that i was talking about the other day it's in uh mark chapter um matthew 13 and 14. it says um uh in them is fulfilled the prophecy of isaiah you will be ever hearing but never understanding you will be ever seen, but never perceiving. And so what God is saying here in Matthew um, 24 and verse 43, um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Verse 43 is that if you understood who your enemy was, you wouldn't be arguing with people. If you understood who your real enemy is, you wouldn't blame people your job or i wouldn't be upset with my school because see like it's not my school i've been saying that from the beginning so i understand that this is a spiritual battle it isn't a Sorry about that. You all that was kind of an emergency. That was my sister my baby sister When we look at matthew 24 we see in verse uh, 43 that now If a thief was coming in the night and and basically trying to break into the house you are going to If you would have kept watch you're not gonna let the thief break into the house so it's like if you understand It is not your job. It is not the company you work for. It is not the people you're talking to. It is not anything that you can physically see. Everything is spiritual warfare. So what it means is that all of the energy that is directed towards you negatively in the spirit realm is coming from your enemy to out your adversary satan the enemy can use people the enemy can you know the enemy has access to people because some people they have given access to to the enemy you have to understand that your weapons are not like like let's look here i want to go to another scripture okay so if you go to second corinthians 10 and 4 it says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world on the contrary they have divine power to demolish strongholds so if you go to second corinthians chapter 10 let's just go to second corinthians chapter 10 that was verse 4 that i was looking at but if you let's start at the top here it says um, in verse, let's look at verse three, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete so it says in verse 7 you are judging by appearances if anyone is confident that they belong to christ they should consider again that we belong to christ just as much as they do so we by us belonging to christ we're not gonna we shouldn't be looking at things from a physical perspective this is a spiritual war this is a spiritual battle so we need to be prepared so going back to genesis chapter 3 we see that this is eve she's she's um she's being uh enticed by the tree because it's pleasing to her eye she not only um brings herself down but she brings the husband down who god had allowed her to be the helpmate for she brings him down as she's bringing herself down so a lot of people they when they're going through things in their own lives They're going to try to pull you down with them. They will try to, you know, like, okay, well, they're going through this. They're miserable. They're going through all of these problems and all of these uh, unforeseen situations. They don't know how to handle it. They're not calling upon the name of the Lord. They're calling their cousins. They're calling their uncles. They're calling everyone else besides the name of God. And so this is what we see Eve instead of her calling on God to confirm, well, God, I know that you said we shouldn't eat from this tree, but you know, um, this tree is very pleasing. She could have had a conversation with God. God was walking in the garden at this time god could walk in a garden That's how it's a lot of different things that she could have done but see in in this world in this life there are a lot of different things that you could do you there are a lot of different things you could do for your business that you don't do that many people don't do because they they get advice from outsiders they get advice from all of these different people and they're not getting advice from god See, we have to learn how to be dependent on the word of god we have to learn how to be dependent on god's power see god will have you positioned in a way that is suitable that's sustainable let me explain something to you so i had this counseling appointment that i had i scheduled um i had to get on the wait list this was about four months ago, four or five months ago, I had to get on the waiting list. And so actually I was going to just do like some one-on-one counseling with just me and my son. So, um, but now it, it was like this, the lady, she called me like two weeks ago, literally right when I got approved to start back school. And this is all in the, like the same exact day. Okay and now look at here all of these months later it's like this is positioned at the exact moment the exact time that i'm about to start back school so nothing we got is back coincidence you understand so now i get a chance to tell my counselor everything that is happening at school now i get a chance to talk to a professional about how i'm being treated what's going on at the school what's happening in this situation and like if you know like moving forward now i have someone that i could like authentically talk to about what is going on at school because everything else i'm i'm fine it's it's the problem is at school and um you know so that's that's something that i have to think about and this is something that I'm just trying to, to, to get through. And so God does everything on purpose. God bless you on purpose. He saved you on purpose. He deliver you. He chases you. He gives you all the tools that you need to influence you, to influence your will to choose him. Your free will should be choosing God. So we see here that Eve, instead of her free will choosing God, she chose what was desirable and pleasing to her. So she brought herself down, then she brought the man down. And then she not only just blamed the the snake, she didn't take no accountability for anything. She didn't take accountability for what she did to the man. She didn't take accountability for what she did to herself. She didn't take accountability for talking to the snake, the serpent, She does lack accountability in every area. And so this is so important. And I believe that like what God is showing me is that it is really, really time for me to just, you know, deal with everything that I have to deal with at at this school. Because for some reason I know that God is saying, look, your breakthrough is here. Okay. So we need to look forward to what God has planned for us. And so how do you look forward to that? You look forward to it because you can depend on God. We can depend on God. That's what we can do. We depend on God because he doesn't let us down. He doesn't um, deceive us. So let's look here. So um, we see that she was easily enticed and be by the serpent we can see this in um we we see this in in genesis so adam was created in god's image not the woman but man so we saw that in first timothy chapter 2 verse 13. so we look at genesis 1 and 26 genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and 27 we also see this so the woman was derived from man the woman was deceived and convinced the man to follow in the deception of her pleasures. So we can see that in um 1 Timothy 2.14. And Adam was not the one deceived, it was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. That's in 1 Timothy 2.14. God punished Eve. When we look in um Genesis 3:16, um we can see, let's look at Genesis 3:16 really quick. So it says to the woman he said, "I would make your pains and childbearing very severe. With painful labor you will give birth to children. Your desire will be your husband and he will rule over you." And so the major issue here is that this was sort of the punishment. This was the curse that God had placed upon the woman. And so throughout centuries, right? Throughout generations, people have like sort of grown accustomed to just childbearing. That's just a normal process. It's a normal thing. Um, for instance, fornication, it's a normal process. This is a normal way of living. Um, Getting married anymore. That is a normal process. This is a normal thing. Right? So the idea of family now has been extinguished within the American culture uh, pretty much because... This is a normal process. This is a normal thing. And so when you pay attention to what becomes normality in society, those things are extinguishing what God has for us. Okay? Don't conform to this world
1: Why should we not conform? We we should not conform because the norm is. Where does it say "come marry" the Word of God?
0: So, so quit believing things of these spiritual beliefs, based upon their spiritual beliefs. For instance, I pretty much. Loves Obama working there. I worked at the Senate office, not the presidential campaign. I worked and did my internship at his Senate office, but Oh, president Obama legalized same sex marriage. That wasn't something that we should be supporting spiritually. so which one was more inclusive was it God or was it electing a president because of his race or electing a president that can sort of support your religious ideologies because we're talking about something that's serious here god says to be fruitful and multiply let's read that we're gonna see in genesis 1 and 28 god blessed them and said to them be fruitful and increase in numbers fill the earth and subdue it rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So God wants us to rule over everything, be fruitful and increase. But if you are married to a woman and a woman is married to another woman, the only way you can increase is if you adopt. If you are a man and you're married to a man, The only way that you can increase is if you adopt. So now it's no longer involuntary sterilization. It is voluntary sterilization. And so now that has become cultural norms. That is what the American cultural norms are. It's going against everything that god said about increasing being fruitful and increasing in number god didn't say to decrease he said to increase so that means that the way god created everything that means that the world's population can in fact maintain human capacity so although there is a bunch of talk about human capacity um simply because there's so much discrepancy when it comes to the world's population size the bible talks about this in genesis 1 and 28 for us to be fruitful and increase in numbers but in genesis we see that the curse was made with the woman's childbearing her childbearing became very severe but this is just a reminder to say like look you were disobedient and i want to remind you of not to be this way again stop it So we see this as a reminder with even other people that we know. They could be your cousin. They could be your sisters. They could be your in-laws. It's a constant reminder of not allowing the woman to dominate her head of household. We're not talking about the organization of where you work that women shouldn't be in power no we're talking about the household specifically the head of house was adam and then the woman was next she overthrew him we have this reminder of childbearing with severe pain But society has normalized world depopulation through racial sterilization, including eugenics. So instead of supporting what the word of God says, we see that the cultural norms are moving further and further away from the word of God. And so if we go back, if we're going to go back and look at what God is saying to us in Matthew chapter 24, the thief coming into into the house at night, if you would have known, you would have kept watching and your house wouldn't have been broken into. So if you pay attention to the world being so conformed to the world that they are moving further and further away from the principles and teachings of God. If you know that the thief is your adversary, Satan, and you're fighting a war within the spiritual realm you wouldn't be blaming people you wouldn't be blaming organizations or institutions such as your church or your job or your school you would understand who your enemy is the thief The thief is Satan that comes to steal the word of God away. To move you further and further into this realm of conforming to the world. You either conform or you transform. It's only two. you conform through cultural convergence you conform through cultural adaptation you conform to cultural norms that pulls you further and further away from god so that's something that god doesn't want us to do stay away from the cultural norms stay away from cultural adaptation cultural convergence any and everything that is pulling people to be conformed to this world stay away stay away from circles of people who are like the eve that will bring you down into conformity god said don't she said it's okay so this it you know like in verse 45 we see that the faithful wise servant was put in charge of his household it's like yes you put in charge of your household yes and guess what you tell your household this is god this is what we're supposed to do we're supposed to do this and we're supposed to do that god wants us to live a life of abundance not conformed to this world but transformed if members of your household are being conformed to this world what do you do about it you pray to god about it you pray to god it's too much scripture the the bible is giving us each step to take god's word is coming alive period that's it so let's go back um here so we see let's um so god wanted us to rule over um to rule over the things in this world so when we look at the word rule we're going to go to the strong concordance and we're looking over rule we're going to look at um genesis 4 and 7 um if thou doest well shalt thou no not that one i'm sorry genesis 3 and 16 what i just got through reading genesis 3 and 16 unto the woman he said i will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children and thy desire shall be thy husband and he shall rule over thee so the word rule here is, um, is strong's number zero four nine one zero, but we're going to denote the zero. It is pronounced marshal. Marshall. It's spelled M A S H L. Um, it means to have dominion or governor indeed reign, bear calls to have ruling or have power. You see, so we see here, that anyone else that says uh men rule over women, that's not what the Bible says. See, you don't you don't have to go back what somebody else is saying when there the the word of God is right here. This is the word of God is right here. Just read it. Thy desire shall be thy husband and he shall rule over thee your husband is supposed to rule over you not the man at your job so we see a lot of times people are talking about um women not having um positions of power women should not be leaders and women shouldn't do this so i want to go um here to first timothy chapter 2 again because I, I i have explained this before but i'm going to explain it again um let's go to uh we're going to go to first timothy chapter 2 verse 11 um, I would like to look at, yeah, I'm going to look at the NIV version. Um, It says, a woman should learn in quietness and a full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not the one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. So I wanted to like clarify this scripture. This scripture is sometimes um, misrepresented by the masses of people. Let's go through the first verse. And I'm going to go back and I I would like to see kind of like a side by side. um, But I'm not sure how to do. Let's see maybe it's this one yeah okay so i'm gonna look at the niv version and i'm gonna look at the king james bible so i just read the niv let's look at what the king james says it says so let the woman learn in silence with all subjection that means that submission so when we look at subjection let's look at let's look at this word i'm gonna um pull up a double screen here so i could have two screens um on this side because I want to make sure that this is fully understood and it's not something that is not understood. Okay. So this is the NIV version on the left and the King James is right here on the right. That's if you, you're viewing it um, via zone. Okay. So we're going to look at the word subjection because we we must analyze the word of God from the King James Bible. okay so we are actually looking in first timothy right this is first timothy chapter 2 so we're going to look at chapter 2 verse 11 let the women let the woman learn in silence with all subjection that's what it says subjection first timothy 2 and 11. it has an asterisk here so we're going to have to click here to understand and probe further what what this scripture is saying Okay. Okay. We're going to look at the word subjection. The word subjection is subordinate. So it is pronounced Hupatage. 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 That's how it's pronounced. Hupatage. It is Strong's number 5292. What i like to do is get a more thorough explanation of this word um so this will be greek number um five two nine two and so this is uh pronounced once again hupatage subjection it means submission obedience so women should learn in obedience and submission because of Eve's inability to be obedient to God. The curse that was upon her, we see here that God said, look to the woman, he said, I will make your pains and childbearing very severe. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. So we know that the husband will rule over. So let's, let's continue looking at this um, scripture here in verse 12, but I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. So let's look at teach here. And I've talked about this here. Um, So we're going to be looking in, uh, okay, so Genesis, it doesn't, it doesn't happen in this. um, See. Woman to teach see use you, you so let's see U S U R P it doesn't have it there. Um let's look here and so we're gonna look at all of these words and we're gonna look at teach. So this word teaches, John's number one three two one, and it is pronounced didasco. Didasco is called say the word, which is um, primary verb. Dale. Dale means to learn. So the word teach doesn't actually mean to teach. It means to learn. So, but I suffer not a woman to learn nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. So to teach in the same application as teach. So it is, you can, it's like, it's causative. So it's a form of learning, but learning in a way where that is how you teach. That's what that means. You learn in a way to, that's, that's how you're supposed to teach. So, but I, I suffer not. Let's look at verse 12 over here at the NIV. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. So, what you're going to do as a woman is you're going to learn how to teach, and you learn how to teach from the man. That's why it says it here. The primary verb is Dale, to learn, to teach in the same broad application. Teach. So you're gonna learn how to teach from the man that's what that means okay so we're gonna look at verse um 13 we see that for Adam was formed first then Eve this is the authority that's just God saying look acknowledge the authority that he has made because we don't see in Genesis 3 we don't see where Eve acknowledged The authority. She didn't acknowledge the authority of God. She didn't acknowledge the authority of her husband, Adam. So that's a concern. It's more than a concern. Because she should have acknowledged his authority. So we see that division happens when when the woman doesn't acknowledge the authority that God has placed, has, has positioned. So that's where the household can get skewed and you have problems when a woman doesn't acknowledge the authority that God has implemented. So now we see here in 1 Timothy 2 um, and verse uh 13 that for Adam was formed first, then Eve. Like this needs to be reiterated to the woman. So we see so far that in verse 11 that women should learn right? We learn by what we learn by, um, being subjective. The word, um, silence here, it says also in the King James to be, we learn in silence. So it is the word, uh, strong's number two, two, seven, one that is pronounced, um, Hey, Suki, which means stillness desistance from from bustle or language quietness silence so like if we if eve would have been the woman to learn from the man as you see in um verse 12 because that's what the word teach me the word teach is uh dale which means to learn and it also means the um the, the technical, like broad application of that part, which is teach. So you learn your teachings from man, from man. So if she would have learned what her position was. She would have known not to communicate with the serpent, but see all of these things had to take place. They, they were going to take place anyway. So that was the, like the, the part of the reason why the tree was in the garden is, is because you have God's command do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's a command. God didn't make any other provision around it. So that was a command directly from god and you see but we need to understand where the problem is and the problem was when eve didn't acknowledge the the order so now we're going to go back to genesis and we see here in genesis moving further along that um the interesting part that i noticed about this is in verse 21 i really would like to open it up for here from here we see in verse 21 of genesis chapter 3 and i don't know but i've never heard anyone really talk about this part um but hey there's a lot of people in the world so um genesis chapter 3 verse 21 the lord god made garments of skin for adam and his wife and clothed them so let's i want to do a side by side here we're gonna look at 321 in the unto adam also and to his wife did the lord god make coats of skin and clothed them see that coats of skins so when you look at this god was not done working with adam and eve so god will give you everything you need and he's still not done with you yet but i want to make sure that i point out the fact that God created us to be living beings. We are living beings. So let's look at the word skins in the Strong's Concordance. And the reason why I do this is because I want to make sure that language is universalized, right? Our language, we understand the same meaning to be the same thing. So if I say love, you're going to understand that love is patient. Love is kind. Love isn't pain. Love don't hurt. Some people, you say, well, what, what does love mean to you? You're like, well, love hurts. But that's not what love is. Y'all didn't say love your neighbor as yourself for you to go and hurt your neighbor as yourself. That's not what that mean. Love means to love love does not mean hurt it does not mean pain it does not mean lies it does not mean stress it does not mean depression it does not mean hate so god isn't saying go go hate your neighbor as yourself god didn't say that He didn't say go go be depressed and then make your neighbor depressed see because i don't want all of that stress i look i tell you now god is in my life and we all have to make god in our life we give god the authorization to have authority over us in a way where we can be influenced and inspired by god So when God says, love your neighbor as yourself, he isn't saying your definition of love isn't the same. So the reason why I do these word studies is because it's very specific to the language, linguistics of how we're defining these terms. So your word perfect in the dictionary is, it means without flaw, but perfect in the Hebrew means to be mature in nature in action so we need to understand like uh use universal language and so this is why i do that even though this is a pretty easy common term to understand skins but we're going to look it up so that we can have universal language here and we all can understand from the same perspective okay so we're gonna look at um genesis 3 and 21 this is where i get it from unto adam also and to his wife did the lord god make coats of skin and clothe them so this is going to be strong's number zero five seven eight five we're going to denote the zero and um this word is pronounced or ori Ori. o-r-e it is spelled O W R. Let me let me um pull this up on the Bible hub. I like to know their definition too. I don't see the Bible hub. I was just wondering what their um definition was. so that's what it means so this this is the word Ori is 5785 it means skin is naked so prior to adam and eve sinning they didn't have skin on their body god provided them with skin so god still made skin that means underneath our skin we are living beings so i want to go back and i want to look at that um in verse in chapter 2. let's go to genesis 2. We're gonna go um, look at Genesis two verse seven in the King James Bible, and the Lord God formed man of dust and of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So we are living souls, and when you look at the word soul, let's look at the word soul in the let's look at the word soul in the um, Strong's Concordance. Genesis 2 and 7, we're going to look at this Strong's number is 5590, which is the Hebrew word. It is pronounced suke, suke. It is spelled P-S-U-C-H-E. Once again, that is Strong's number 5590. It means breath, spirit. Abstractly or concretely, the animal sentiment principle only does distinguish on the one hand from 4151 which is the rational and immortal soul and on the other form 2222 2, 2, 2, which is more vitality even of plants these terms thus exactly correspond respectively to Hebrew 05315 07307 and 02416 which is heart heartily life mind soul us you so what this means is that god breath is created a soul within us so we are a living spirit a living soul and on the inside of us there is an immortal soul on the other form we look at this number uh two 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 let's click on that number and see if it pops up it means um strong's number two 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 means life lifetime So going back to five, five, nine, zero, we see that we are a living soul, a living spirit. By the breath of God that is living on the inside of us, God clothed us with skin. So let's go, let's go forward back to three. And we see here in verse 21 that god gave adam and eve which was his wife it says unto adam also to his wife did the lord god made make coats of skin and clothe them so god was still doing stuff for us see the 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 tree of life was still in the garden and it was there for a reason so let's look at let's move forward and um so we see going back here to eve um so the word rule in the strongs is four nine one zero and then it's pronounced in hebrew is "mashal." it's spelled mash mashal it means to rule have dominion governor and reign. So that's what God has positioned the man to have over woman. The man should have, will will rule over the woman. And so we see in Genesis 3, 18, we see this in Genesis 3, 18. So Eve is the mother to all of those that continue to be disobedient to God because of their desires to please self. So whenever you see yourself as focusing on desires, desires is me and I have to get this done for me and uh, me and me again. And it's about me and about me and about me. That's when you are Filling the disobedient desires of your flesh. So really a lot of times I'm not really sure how people can become so self-absorbed, but they do. Um, And it's really important to really focus on other people. You should want to have a conversation with God, And God is like, well, what is it that you want for yourself, for you? And it's like, oh God, well, I just wanna listen to you. Oh God, you know, um, I just wanna help people. Because it should just really be about you wanting to help people and not just yourself. See, I, I honestly can say that I grew up in a household where my family has always helped people. I have never known how not to help people. So like I've gave this testimony before. Um, like my mom, she helps everybody in the whole neighborhood so if you don't have stuff for christmas they celebrate a lot of pagan holidays um if you don't have toys if you don't have clothes my mom she literally has storages full of stuff to give out to people that don't that don't have it brand new clothes brand new shoes brand new all sorts of stuff so like as a kid growing up i Always, always, my mom always had people living with us. It's like everybody lived with us. Everybody. Um. So my mom is always kind of like taking care of people. And then like, you know, some parts of our family, they sort of branch out. But, you know, um, for the most part, all of her brothers and sisters pretty much have lived with my mom. Of them. And that's kind of like how I remember it. So um, when I think about those things, you have to think about what type of benevolence do you have in your heart? It's really about okay, so like I'm doing community psychology because I am going to be a psychology practitioner to really help people i think of new ways every single day every single day how i can contribute to communities in what ways can i do this for communities i get people that send me emails all the time and they ask you know like we could do this for your business and do that for your business like well wait a minute i'm not ready to do that I'm not going to be the the maintenance worker, the author, the developer, and the CEO and the secretary all at the same time, okay? And plus, I wouldn't even have enough, enough manpower to manage those people. So I'm not ready to take my business on that level yet. I first need to make sure that I'm targeting the right type of audience, which is my community that needs the most help. And it isn't about me. It's about what type of services that I can provide relief to these communities. That's what it's really about. It isn't about really my account or what I could, what I can obtain. Then, because when I do get what I need, it's going to go to the community. It's going to go to help a greater cause. So I wanted to talk about, um, I want to talk about a few things. I have some more scriptures written down here. Um, Because it doesn't look like I'm going to have enough time to talk about Sarah. Okay, let's go. I want to go to this scripture, Isaiah 44, 24 through 26. 24 No, it's 44. 24 through 26. Okay. Oh, okay. So I, I want there's one scripture that I'm missing where it talks about let your yes be yes and your no be no, right? And so I wanted to look at that in the stronger concordance. So in the um in Matthew 537 in the King James it says, But let your communication be, yeah, yeah, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these coming of evil. So let's look at the word, yeah, yeah. Let's look at the word, yeah it's spelled y-e-a so this would be um now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the lord god had made and he said unto the woman yeah had god said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden so he's saying did god really say this right and so this is going to be strong's number six three seven it means f f it means ascension using an an adverb used as an adverb or a conjunction also yeah adverse adverse um though although furthermore yet even how much less more rather than moreover, with gay adversatively okay adversatively so we see that what this is it this is an adverse type of yeah so the word yeah has been mentioned in the bible 320 times it has 16 different meanings though so let's type in the word yeah and then we're going to type in the word yeah yeah see if it comes up that way um, it doesn't actually so um let's see Matthew five thirty-seven. this is gonna be the Greek word yeah yeah Greek yeah yeah so this is um Hebrew number three four eight through I'm sorry three four eight three which um is pronounced nahi nahi which means yes indeed certainly um even so so what what this is suggesting in matthew five thirty seven is that when they agreed to listen to god we entered into a covenant with god that's a promise that means you said yes. You you basically, you agree to these terms. So when we break covenant, we break our promise. And we disobey God. And that's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to stay the course. He wants us to do the right thing. He wants us to do the, the good thing. Um, but he wants us to choose him. So let's look at um isaiah 44 verses 24 through 26 it says this is what the lord says your redeemer who formed you in the womb i am the lord the maker of all things who stretches out the heavens who spreads out the earth by myself who foils the signs of false prophets and makes fools of diviners who overthrows the learning of the wise and turns it to nonsense who carries out the words of his servants and fulfills the predictions of his messengers who says of jerusalem it shall be inhabited of the towns of judah they shall be rebuilt and of their ruins i will restore them now i want to give a little example so today i was talking to someone and We were having a conversation about, they said, well, you know, everyone isn't going to be the same. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't understand what you mean. Please just explain it. Like explain to me what you're saying, because of course we all know that everyone isn't going to be the same, but I need to try to understand from your perspective. I want to understand your thinking so that I can understand your mind explain to me your thinking so that i can understand your mind and so when i read this scripture here um like so i listened to the bible on my phone and i'm sitting here listening to this this was this scripture specifically and this is what god said to me he said all of this stuff like i made you in your mother's womb god is the maker of all things so all of these people that because because it becomes a little bit frustrating when you see people around the world making a mockery out of god making a mockery out of his word and so i don't know if um if everyone knows the story of jesus when he went into the uh he went into the synagogue the synagogue is basically an assembly it's a gathering a church usually right and so that's all that means you have synagogues of 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 god and you have synagogues of satan so a synagogue is just a place of gathering it is a it is a um assembly it is a place of meeting okay and so that's what it is so in this in this assembly they were um selling stuff in god's house and so jesus went in and he was upset jesus was mad he said you're you making my father's house into a mockery into a house of thieves So it's like that was considered like a righteous indignation. Now I know some scholars will say, "Well, see, you're reading into that." No, no, no. It's not. We we're not reading into anything. It's really about understanding the mindset of Jesus. Um. So when you love God, those people that make a mockery of God, it will stir your spirit. The people that are out here doing things in um, disobedience in a way where it is causing you to feel indignation towards it. It's like, God, I love you. Oh, I just want everybody to know your love. I want everybody to see how the way you help me. But really in actuality, it's called a righteous indignation. And so it's like, when you start to have conversations with people in this world that they are understanding things from their perspective, let me explain to you. When you are equipped with the Holy Spirit of God, you are not going to be able to perceive and understand things from their level of understanding things that is conformed to this world. So conformity, people that are conformed to this world, it is very difficult to be able to understand the conformity that is being made in this world. Once you are equipped with God, once you are equipped with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you through your living soul, your understanding is now on a level of authority of understanding things from god's perspective so this worldly perspective isn't going to cut it it isn't it's not it's not there no 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 it doesn't work so i have another friend who says why are you always saying okay well you want this to be explained to you or you want that to be explained to you it's because see two people that looks at a picture is not going to analyze that picture from the same perspective so just because you standing in front of this photo doesn't mean you're going to have the same translation as five other people Just because I say I understand what love is and love is kind and I love the love that God gives. But if another person has only experienced love that causes pain and hurt and stress and anxiety and depression, they don't know what love is. So we have to give people the opportunity to explain their thinking so that we can understand their mind. Don't ever assume that because this person knows this that they're going to know that. When we, when, when, the world is deceived in one area, mo, there are going to be multiple areas of deception. So we have to have longevity and we have to have patience for people in a way that's the same way of the way God gives us. So now look at verse 25 here in Isaiah 44. It says, Who foils the signs of false prophets and makes fools of diviners or diviners? Who overthrows the learning of the wise and turns it to nonsense? People that consider themselves to be wise, God will turn what they're talking about into nonsense. It's like i'll ask a question i'll be like okay so like well but why would you you know like i probe further on things so why why do you think it's okay to be subjective like what reasons do you support subjectivity You know, when I think that we should actually, we all have the ability to be as objective as possible. But when it comes to wives being submissive, we have to be subjective to our husbands. And that's pretty much the main time that we should be subjective. So I'm going to end tonight with that. I just want to make sure that we're understanding things from the way that You know, God is perceiving them. We're not just sitting back, living life in a way where we just understanding everything from this worldly perspective. We cannot be conformed to the patterns of this world because the patterns of this world will lead you astray. There is too much conformity, too much cultural convergence, and not enough of God. Don't get left behind trying to satisfy being a part of these cultural norms that is going against the purpose plan and will of God. So God has a plan. Let's stick to it and know that God is going ahead of you. He's going with you and he is your rear guard. He right behind you. So nothing. Nothing that happens to you in your life is being done from the physical perspective. You need to look at things from a spiritual perspective, okay? We have to see people as God sees them. And we're all working for a purpose in this world. It's either for the kingdom of God or for other kingdoms that is not of God. And those are... All of those other kingdoms are going to be defeated by the power in the hand of God when Jesus Christ returns here on earth. Okay. All right. So let me go ahead and pray. Father God, we just thank you for filling us up with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for allowing us to understand your word and to receive your word. God, we just pray for everybody in the world we ask that you shaking and awaken each and every person in this world god we ask that you just please allow us to be able to live a life that is pleasing to you obedient to you and satisfying to you god we desire we desire your will in our life we want more of you god give us more of you let us grow into a closer relationship with you. Soften the hearts of all of your children, including your children that are lost. And, but they are destined for your holy nation, God. You made us ambassadors of you, Lord. You said that we are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. We are the light of the world. And so, God, we just thank you that your plan, will, and purpose will be fulfilled in our life. We appreciate your plan for us. We give you glory, praise, and honor. And Lord, we ask that your will be done in our life. Not anyone else's will, but your will. We plead the blood of Jesus over our steps. And we ask that you just guide steps. You allow us to be filled with your holy presence at all times. The Holy Spirit, making sure that we're obedient to the Holy Spirit, God. Most importantly, God, please allow your will to be done. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is sealed in your common blood. Amen. All right. Thank you all so much for joining me today. I will see you all on Thursday. All right. Have a good night. Um, Once again, if you wanted to suggest any topics, go ahead and send me that email at DeannaWatson at suddenchangescorporation.org. Thank you all for joining me. You have a good night.